Welcome, data people. We are Zuma. My name is Matt, and this is the Data for Good podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Zuma. Zuma is a dedicated recruitment company focusing on data positions across Berlin. The Data for Good podcast is for the world of data science, analytics, and engineering, giving you a platform to hear the thoughts and opinions of data leaders from Berlin and beyond. Today, we are joined by Clements Chi, VP of Data Analytics at Babel. Clements, welcome. Take two. How are you? I'm energized, Matt. Thanks a lot. Thanks for the invitation. Hi, everybody. My name is Clements. I'm currently the VP of Data at Bubble. And previously, I've held different data roles. And uh, you might have heard me or seen me before talking about the Data Mesh at HelloFresh. Awesome. It's, uh, it's great to have you on. Uh, your insights are, are going to be great to hear. Today, we're going to talk about the foundational requirements for AI. AI is a, a hot topic and mm -hmm. it's a direction that a lot of companies that are going towards. However, there's things that we need to consider and take into consideration before we, um, so we can walk before we run. That's right. That's right. A lot of companies are wanting to go into AI nowadays. Um, I think a lot of companies are also missing the foundation. So with the foundations, we're talking data quality, data governance. Why are these important? So when I think about the value chain of data, and now I'm adding uh, the complexity to it, which comes with AI, which comes, comes with machine learning, then I have seen that besides the transparency on the data value chain, a lot of people are too much focused on just machine learning models or machine learning accuracy yeah. and forget this end-to-end -end thinking. And this is super important to actually give clarity on this end-to-end -end thinking, not only for data teams, product teams, tech teams, but also the sponsors like the business um, to understand what else is behind this machinery. You say end-to-end, -end, so if we were to start from the beginning, where, where should we be starting? Where should we be starting? I mean, um, the concept of data creation, basically who is the data producer, is often not very clearly defined in an organization. I mean, it, it, in the end, it came, it came very recently, the concept of data production, data consumption, data ownership. It came with the concept 2019 Samadigani approach with the data mesh um, and teams have just recently started to define that. If we think about a supply chain, let's take, for example, the supply chain of water in the supermarket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You could think on a hot day, imagine a hot day, you're walking down the street, you're going to the supermarket, you grab this water bottle and you say, oh, amazing. I can just take this water bottle out of the shelf. It's sparkling. Uh, maybe it has some flavor in it and it just serves my use case because mm -hmm. I just want some fresh fruited water. But only a small percentage of people are thinking about what happened before. What happened before was that data, uh, the, the, the water, the water was shipped, packaged. Um, there were different components. There was the, the glass bottle producer, there's mm. a metal cap producer. Maybe there was a well. The well had to be um, cleaned, shipped. I mean, there's a lot of things before. Yeah. 
And this is when I talk about end-to-end -end thinking. Let's think about end-to-end -end about the supply chain of data. And this is the same thinking we should implement in the organization. So how education, it sounds like education is the point. Everyone wants the bottle, but how do we make people aware? How do we yes. gamify it so people want to know about the end-to-end -end process? Matt, I love how you say how you came up with this topic because it is eventually data education and data literacy. And 2020, 2022, 21, data literacy became a big topic. A lot of a lot of organizations realize, well, we do have to educate our workforces. We do have to educate everybody on increased data, data literacy to actually um, walk the journey of data maturity. Mm -hmm. And now with AI, everything gets supercharged. So there needs to be still a balance between how do we manage data as a foundation, educate our workforces and our colleagues on the data value chain and work on AI. So I'm just a bit afraid that everybody's jumping basically on the train for let's build amazing AI models, AI products. Um, and we don't take care of what needs to be done before. With AI no, in can... the news, go on, continue. Yes, yes. So, for example, we talk about um, if if, I, if if we talk about machine learning AI, we often talk about the model. So we talk about um, the model development. It's around identifying data, understanding data, cleaning data, maybe build the features, build the model, and train the model and then evaluate the model. Now, if we zoom out a little bit, it's much more behind. We have the configuration, we have data collection, we have monitoring, we have maybe a resource allocation like machine resource allocation so that your infrastructure doesn't blow up. We have analytics tools on it. We have maybe the process behind. Teams needs to be onboarded on the whole process around data creation, data consumption. Also the infrastructure and feature extractions. Then you add the, the layers around governance, data quality, um, access management, maybe even guidelines around ethics, right? So it's not only the machine learning and AI, and AI models and the AI products, but it's actually a holistic product. And it has a whole uh, shadow at the moment, right? For most people, um, shadow supply, supply chain of data uh, in brain. Hmm. Is, is it the issue or is it an issue? So for example, with chat GPT, open AI, we don't see all the work that's gone behind the scenes. We just see the sparkling fruity water and people want that straight away. So is that helped or hindered what we've been trying to achieve in data? Probably yes. So it helped, of course, the, to get awareness and everybody understand, wow, there's things that we can really do with data and uh, it drives incredible value. So this help, this is brand and marketing, right? But uh, only a few people can really explain maybe how uh, LLM works or what GPT actually stands for, what GPT means. Mm. Um, a lot of people maybe don't realize the difference between current OpenAI chat GPT and maybe Claude, like a different model and how those are trained. Uh, so it can be dangerous just to apply the different products without understanding the 
usage and maybe understanding the whole end-to-end -end production of it. Back to the analogy with water, Matt, I mean, you wouldn't take any water that exists in the bathroom for your personal consumption, would you? Not any water, no. Not all of it, right? <laughs> so we are literate enough today to understand maybe the different use cases and where this data or the water came from. And this is a, we don't have this for current AI products. We don't have this knowledge. For, for most users, maybe um, those products are still a black box. But do, do we have to make everyone aware, everyone uses the bathroom and knows, but doesn't know the infrastructure behind it. So where do we draw the line on education with people who need to know and people who just need simple understanding when it comes to businesses? Yeah, so we're differentiating between the consumer of AI products, and mm -hmm. we are the, the producers and uh, developers of AI products. So let's start with the consumers first. Yeah. So for the consumers, of course, it's the responsibility of uh, the organizations, the leaders, and also the responsibility for the developers to educate uh, the, the users in the end. The same thing like you have uh, labels on your products to warn mm. you of usage. Um, I haven't seen this a lot on some of our AI products on the market at the moment, uh, but I hope this will come, that there will be some warnings, guidelines, uh, some, some guidance on how to use those in a safe, ethical way. Mm. So this is also education. It, it increases education for the end user. It's very funny. It's kind of like uh, don't turn this box around or the, the labels that you have on your uh, on your carton, right? Or don't microwave this product. <laughs> so in other industries, we have already those guidelines and labels. We don't have it for AI products. For it, yeah, I was going to say yeah. Go on. For the developers, it's really also uh, maybe understand the frameworks that developers are using to mm -hmm. produce AI products and not just applying frameworks or models that are available on the market currently uh, to create an outcome. And I think even it's sometimes information we, we don't want to know all the time, like calories on a pizza. We know that there's a lot of calories in it, but we don't always want to know how many. So is regulation and um, laws a way to improve this? Certainly, you can always uh, make up rules and, and regulate something. Uh, but we all know rules are there for, to be broken if you want to be innovative. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's rather about really creating this community, community and to, mm -hmm. to really educate people on, on what is right and what is wrong. I think really education and data literacy plays a, is going to be a much bigger, bigger role mm -hmm. uh, in the next years uh, because there are just many more AI and data products out there um, and it is going to be at some point maybe damaging. Something at some point will break. 
and some people was, will understand well i don't know how to fix it because i just applied some models there or i just use data which i don't know where it came from mm. i mean we want results quickly what what are the repercussions if we continue to work in this fast-paced innovative way with ai yes so i think number one is really to have this end-to-end and holistic view this end-to-end thinking and this end-to-end holistic view on where is data being produced who is a part of this value chain um, what are the interactors on on this value chain and then actually work work on this in the end-to-end solution Mm -hmm. not only for say quick win machine learning ai model output um, number two is to have solid understanding of the practices of data practices um, or engineering practices and have those educated as well, which actually eventually drives automation. Right. Um, and number three, I would say, so number one was thinking end to end. Number two is have solid practices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and number three is really to have a maybe really customer, more, more customer-centric uh, focus um, and to, to, to understand, okay, what really brings value to the end customer? Not, not maybe the business, well, maybe a lot of yeah. business leaders at the moment, they demand something. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned before, it's some, sometimes business leaders demand something without understanding the whole end-to-end application. So let's focus on really what is valuable for the customer, um, have best practices on data operations, mm-hmm. and also have a more end-to-end understanding. So when we talk about customers or end users of AI, where or how important is data privacy, data security with these new methods and processes? It's super important. Of course, it's super important. Um, it's just, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's extremely important. Something that we value very much is, of course, uh, customer data or data in general. Uh, so data is today for company, for example, like Bubble, is, yeah. is an important strategic asset. Mm-hmm. And, and this is something that we really treasure and value internally. Um, and then so this needs to be protected as well so i would say data data privacy data protection is an increasing important topic and we start to realize this more and more awesome so we're going to talk a little bit more about data governance and go into a little bit more detail for those who don't know or have heard it and think they know what it's about very simply put what what is data governance simply put uh okay so what is data governance simply put i can tell you a story about this so imagine you're you were on your way to the supermarket to get this bottle of water yeah uh, what you do today you might cross the street and what happens at the street is there's a red light a traffic mm-hmm. light and the cars stop and you can safely cross over uh, without governance this wouldn't be possible 
because there were no guidelines in place on how to operate the car or operate the streets. There's no certification in place for people who are allowed to drive the cars. There's mm -hmm. no policies in place to govern the yes, basically red lights, green lights. <laughs> Can you drive with a red light? No, you can't. You have to stop. Uh, so basically, in the real world, um, operating on the streets, I think this is a good analogy to what data governance is in an organization. Mm. So how do we bring that along with us to enable what we're trying to do in the, uh, with our data to business goals and make sure it's all pulling in the same direction? How do we enable increased data governance to, to drive business goals? I think really yeah. is that it's also, again, maybe part of education, Matt. Uh, what I'm thinking about now is that when, if everybody in the organization understands that if you do things, if you want to scale things and do things faster, you need to operate faster. You need to maybe automate things. Mm. Those things are only possible if you have better processes in place. Those things are only possible if you have better guidance in place. And if everybody plays by the rules and speaks the same language, mm -hmm. which then increases trust. If we don't do that, then eventually you can still operate in a chaotic way very mm -hmm. fast, but eventually it doesn't scale. Because you just have an increased number of communication lines open. You have an increased number of iterations um, because you have to keep up the quality and everybody is doing the thing of how they think it's, a, it's, 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 it's the right way. For younger companies or smaller companies, this obviously will work. Mm -hmm. This is a very fast way of achieving business outcome and drive business value. The bigger the company gets and the more products and data products the company produces, the more important this educational part on data governance and the operational execution of data governance becomes more important. Mm. How important is having the right people in the company to enforce this? I would say, it's, I mean, people is always number one, Matt. No, I mean, you know it the best. I mean, you're, you're recruiting, you're working with amazing people. You help companies to get the right people. Um, and I mean, Maybe they have given feedback already that the most most of them are extremely happy that the right people in the right positions the really drive value, and the same is for for data governance, right? So, if you have the right people who can operationalize some of the frameworks, actually implement this this culture into into the organization, it's a ten x value driver. Hmm. And there's one thing having the right people, the right soft skills, wanting to learn, the curiosity. But when it comes to skills and the skills gap, where would you say we are as an industry closing this? Uh, it's really hard to find because for those roles, people need to have a end-to-end -end operational thinking 
Um, so what I mentioned before, this operational uh, mindset as well for this end to drive this end to end. Uh, so they have to see it before. I have worked on this before. So a lot of a lot of people were either analysts before, data scientists before, um, engineers before. They had they saw this pain, mm -hmm. and only if you have seen this pain on this value chain, and you wanted to change it, then you get into data governance, for example. Then you get yeah. into data management. Then you get into data education. Right. So. Uh, th those roles are not easy to find, but uh, you can always find them, for example, with the help of Matt, uh, or uh, or also like educate internally. Uh, that's another option. And if you're a, I mean, there's only a set amount of people who've been through the struggles and the pains of it, as, as you've mentioned. If we're looking at our team, we're looking at a business and we're thinking, we've got great people here. They haven't got the skill set necessarily. We've got great people. What kind of traits do you think lend themselves to being able to develop and become more educated and, and valuable in data governance? What are the traits? So what, are, what does a trade of an astronaut have? I'm thinking about this because I always wanted to become an astronaut. And I think those those traits are similar to somebody who can be good at this particular position. Mm. Uh, somebody who is solution oriented. However, while being solution oriented, open, very open-minded to changing circumstances. Mm -hmm. Being open-minded for changing circumstances um, also well, re requires a uh, high degree of communication. Um, so being adaptive, communication is important, um, solution-orientated, but also have a slightly need for detail. So you can't, because the details in the end creates the, the foundation around data quality, for example, you have to set those KPIs, you have to set those policy, those guidelines, those need to be detailed out, um, sometimes also for some edge cases in the end of the maturity levels. But I think it's somebody who really wants to get things done and is at the same time very solution-orientated. Yeah. Have we seen this more from technical people who have been having their eyes open to business problems? Or is it, I mean, traditionally techies are, they have their problem yeah. and they solve it. Now we need techies who have an open mind, understand the business. Do you think this is a better setup or business people who are more becoming more curious about how things work? And I mean, the, mm -hmm. the access, the entry to access on tech tools now is getting easier and easier. So is this the best option? It depends. It really depends on the current setup of the organization. It really depends on the team, the current team. So you can have very like business people who are very tech savvy and who educate themselves on, 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 on coding, on developing, on software engineering as well in the free time. You can have very uh, business savvy with the high business human uh, engineers 
or, or computer scientists or, or tech people. Both, mm. both works. It really depends on the setup. Uh, I think it really depends on who is the interactor, who is actually part of this data governance initiative. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not relevant who is driving it. It's relevant who is who it's aimed for. That those people can talk the same language. If you have a more technical setup in your company, uh, then maybe a technical, more technical person would be a better fit uh, because mm-hmm. you can speak the same language. You can talk about automation of data contracts, federated governance, how to actually put those things into a YAML file, those yeah. things. If you have more business people, there may be a different language is more uh, suitable, right? Like uh, bad data in, bad data out. Uh, yeah. you, you want to have high quality look, you're sitting in this boardroom, uh, you can't make a decision because you have bad data quality. Where does it come from? This is where it comes from. The It's certainly evolving. Um, we're seeing data engineers becoming analytics engineers. We're seeing data scientists become... MLOps engineers. What other steps do you think will, will will be next or what companies are working towards to really make data governance central to the way the business runs? So your question is what other roles will be will be important in the future? Yeah. yeah. In the, in, I mean we can't look too far in the future, but maybe in the mid 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 future. From a technical perspective, definitely uh, roles around technical product management or data product management will evolve mm-hmm. uh, because I do have a strong belief that in the data space, we are turning projects more and more into products and we have a much more product focused thinking in data as well. So data product managers, for example, is something that will evolve. I also do believe that roles around uh, community leading, the like community or enga- engagement managers, mm-hmm. particularly for data, uh, will evolve as well. The reasoning for this is that the larger scale a com- organization gets and the more people are aware of technology, the more teams are using self-service tools, right? And it's nearly, it's very, very hard to govern, guide yeah. all people or control. You don't want to control because it hinders innovation. So it's rather more about community building and have a strong community to exchange on best practices, have a strong community to actually educate each other on innovation. So mm. it's around building products, the data product people, and about community. Community is massive. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Should should companies be developing that community just internally or should they really be making an active commitment to the broader other companies, other data professionals? There, there's two ways of doing it or multiple ways. So I've seen that strong data communities in an organization themselves are very successful in exchanging and striving change exchanging information, driving change, uh, but eventually people will reach out. Eventually there will be bigger communities cross organization mm-hmm. uh, to really exchange on knowledge 
and and uh, to drive forward their internal development. Absolutely, and it's something that we're, we're trying to uh, create as well and, and support best we can. Uh, I'm yes. conscious of time, um, so I'm going to finish on, on one question. If I am a, a data professional and I'm sat in my team, whether I'm uh, a manager or uh, starting out as a junior, what's the one question I should be asking myself to make sure that I'm on track and I'm pointing myself in the right direction when it comes to good foundational data governance. So if you're out there listening to this and yep. you are now new to your role or yep. uh, maybe when you would interact with some of your stakeholders, yep. I mean, one question I always tell my people to ask is uh, why try to get to the to the root cause of some of their challenges and their problems mm -hmm. and when you ask them why why they need this dashboard why they need this and this why do they think they need this and this eventually it i mean like like in 80 percent of the times it eventually breaks down to some bad data quality data governance practices <laughs> right now uh, so it's about okay because uh, i need to make a decision here um but I can't trust it. So I have to double check it with my Excel spreadsheet or something. Yeah. So uh, really the, the, the question why is so powerful uh, in data, because when we move away from project thinking into product thinking, um, then product people know, yeah, the five times why is always a standard. Always searching for the why. Simon Sinek will be, will be proud. <laughs> But that's all we have uh, time for today. Thank you very much, Clements, for your time uh, and your rich insights. Thank you, Med. Thanks a lot. Perfect. And to the listeners, uh, drop your questions and feedback. Uh, and don't forget to like and share so we can reach as many people as possible. But it is bye from us. Thanks once again, Clements. Ciao for now. Much appreciated.